Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I, I think that that one is true. Much more true than I had originally thought. Hi. Okay, a couple things before we get into the episode. Number one, if you have been having a hard time getting episodes to download, let me know. We're having weirdness in the numbers and we're trying to figure out if it's the algorithm that is used to determine how many people are listening to the podcast or if something went wonky with the podcast themselves. So if you've been having any trouble at all getting the podcast, and I know some apps it has been about a week behind on for some reason, please let me know. Contact me either via Twitter at CE Dorset or go to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash project shadow and let me know so that I can inform them and we can get this fixed because it's weird. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two. Wow. Okay. So I mentioned maybe doing an audio series on yesterday's episode and the feedback was fast, it was abundant, y'all really want me to do that. So, today I started work on that new series. Um, I'll be doing more announcements on future episodes of the podcast, and of course on Twitter, and in the Facebook group. Um, I have some rough ideas for what I want to do, but I want to spend some time doing some world building, but you don't have to wait. Um, I'm only telling this to people listening to the podcast and there's nothing there right now, <laughs> but if you bookmark errantstar.com, E-R-R-A-N-T-S-T-A-R.com, the website is up. Um, I will be posting world building stuff there as I come up with it. So yeah, <laughs> there's nothing there right now, except for a loading page. You get to see the logo and yeah, there's a banner image. That's all that's there right now, but more will be there shortly. I'm very excited. Like I said, I think I have an idea of what I want to do, but Oftentimes during world building, the ideas change, so I'm not going to talk about too much about that. I'm going to do the world building, and I'm going to take you along the ride with me for that. So there'll be more episodes of this podcast talking about the world building and everything and getting you all ready, because, wow, y'all are so excited <laughs> about that. Like, I posted it, and... Like, no sooner had I posted it than I got the first reply saying someone was interested. And then people started contacting me, and yeah. Okay, so I'm doing it. 
look forward to that. And on that note, today I wanted to talk a little bit about space opera. Because more than likely, the story that I end up writing and creating over there will be a space opera. And there are... This is a term that is often misused, and I wanted to talk about it because it's my favorite genre of sci-fi, though it has variants and variations that can be considered under the umbrella term and are sometimes considered separate, unaffiliated genres. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So space opera is a very old term, and generally, when it originated, referred to the pulp stories that were essentially soap operas in space, thus space opera. They combined, you know, fantasy and science fiction elements. They were primarily adventure stories set in space. So if you're familiar with the uh, Lensman books, which if you're not, oh, you really, you really should be. If you're not, and you like this genre, you secretly are, because most things in this genre are um, derivative, very heavily derivative of Lensman. So that would be everything from Babylon 5 to, um, if you're a fan of the Green Lantern or Green Lantern Core comics, especially the Green Lantern Core comics, that generally tend to be space opera. In fact, there are characters in the Green Lantern comics named after the alien races of primary importance in the Lensman series. Um, Star Wars fits into this category and has a lot of relationships to the Lensman. It's an old series of books. They're, they're a lot of fun. If you want to get a bird's eye view of everything start with the Lensman version of Triplanetary it's a book that was written twice um, by um E.E. E. Smith great series definitely check it out if it's something that you're interested in so what is space opera like I said it's essentially adventure stories in space and as such, it is differentiated from more mainstream science fiction by the fact that it doesn't focus as much on the science fictionness of the stories. So, by that, like, if you've ever read an Isaac Asimov story, this is, I think, the easiest way to see the difference here. Isaac Asimov would often have a science conceit at the heart of his story. So we start with what if you could, through gathering of statistics and psychographic analysis, predict the future? And thus we see the creation of psychohistory in the Foundation books. And so that initial idea becomes the seed around which the entire story is developed. So in iRobot, you have the idea of the three laws of robotics, and that becomes the core of all of the stories that then come out throughout the book. And they're often based on either taking 
our current understanding of science forward. Sometimes they would be based on a recent discovery in science, but they, they, these are stories that really put the science in science fiction. I do enjoy reading books of this kind, but I honestly do not enjoy writing books of this kind. I have tried on numerous occasions, and it it feels trapping to me in that I have to make sure that the science is as much a character or presence in the story as everything else that's going on. And that's, that's a lot of work that doesn't always pay off in the way that you want it to. And if I ever had the idea for a pure science fiction story, I would definitely write it, but you know, they, they are few and far between. Now, space opera can be further divided from other genres, if you will, depending on people's personal taste. And this is where genre becomes a huge convention issue, because you have to ask yourself questions. Technically, Dune and the Dune books are planetary romances, at least the initial books in the series are planetary romances, and not space operas. And this has led to a lot of discussions over whether or not a space opera can take place in just one city, one planet, or one system. For example, a Star Wars film, which we'll talk about in a second, tends to move, and oftentimes will have three different planetary bases that it will hit in one story. Some definitions of space opera actually put that planet hopping as a prerequisite for the story. Some don't, some do. Genre is a is a card game. It, it's a way of categorizing things. So what is a planetary romance? Well, Dune is a planetary romance primarily because Arrakis is as much a character in the story as Paul, Leto, Jessica, any of the, just name a character. Gurney, you can just go on. Arrakis is a full-blown character in the story and as such gets as much development and backstory and explanation as just about anything else in the story and in a lot of ways a lot more. So that's not exactly the route that I'm planning to go on, at least not at this point. We'll know, we'll see once the world building gets to its, you know, apex, just before I'm ready to actually start writing. Star Trek often gets split off from space opera, though I would put it in there, especially the original series and, um, well... Actually, I can't see a series that I would pull out of the genre easily. But there is a distinction between space opera and military sci-fi, or um, galactic empire sci-fi. And depending on the series that we're talking about, like you could make a very strong argument that Deep Space Nine is actually galactic empire fiction rather than 
in a space opera because the vast majority of the story actually deals with the relationships between the various powers, the Cardassians, the Bajorans, the Federation, the Romulans, the Klingons, and the Dominion. And you wouldn't be wrong. And this is the thing about genre is, you know, it gets the reason genre gets really petty and problematic is, for example, on Amazon, you get to pick two that your story fits in, even if it does technically fit into more. So a show like Deep Space Nine, for me, fits very easily into space opera. But yeah, I see the military sci-fi and I see the galactic empire genres. You only get to pick two, so which two are you going to pick? That's a marketing thing. And to be quite honest, a lot of genre is strictly about marketing. But... I think it's helpful to understand these boxes that we're talking about when we discuss genre so that when you start seeing how your taste, you know, fans out, you can see where you fit on this list. Military science fiction is very easy to see. It's very easy to understand. It's very straightforward. It's stories that take place in generally galactic spanning militaries. And you can see how Star Trek very easily fits into that. You have the chain of command from the captain down to the ensigns and even the um, non-commissioned officers such as O'Brien. You have, you know, wars in many of these series from the Klingon Civil War in TNG, the actual war with the Klingons in the original series, the first war with the Klingons, or an early war with the Klingons in Star Trek Discovery. You have the Dominion War and the Klingon War, and even a lot of discussion of the Cardassian War and Occupation in Deep Space Nine, so on and so forth. The insistence on chain of command is a very important thing, and many of these stories, especially those written by Jack Campbell, if you really want to get into military science fiction, you think that might be for you, Jack Campbell wrote a whole bunch of really good military sci-fi books, and you should probably go check those out. Those are a lot of fun. His fantasy books are really good as well, but his sci-fi books are a lot of fun. Okay, then we have other places where we could start drawing lines. And remember, that's what genre is all about. It's about drawing lines so that you can market and sell your books, your TV shows, movies, easily to the most people that would be likely to actually buy your product. And while they can be helpful to us as fans, they're mostly helpful to people who are trying to sell stuff. And we'll talk about this a little bit more, including Star Wars and Firefly, after the break. And we're back. Now, the problem with Star Wars and Firefly, as far as space opera goes, because, again, they both fit very handily into the genre, though, because of their popularity, they have been broken off into subgenres of their own. So... 
Star Wars, for example, is often referred to as space fantasy, science fantasy, or techno fantasy, because there's a wizard in it. And before anybody gets, like, on me for saying that, Obi-Wan is referred to as a wizard in A New Hope. So, the Jedi are space wizards, the Night Sisters are witches, there's magic in the series, and so that sometimes gets broken off into its own thing. Whether it should or not, again, personal taste. Firefly, on the other hand, again, fits very well into the space opera category, but because of its particular popularity, and the fact that it didn't last as long as it should have, it spawned an entire genre, surprisingly, called Space Western, which is a Western in space, because, you know, it really was a Western in space. In They're hauling cattle in one episode. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're robbing trains, and it's a Western with a spaceship in it. So it spawned its own category as well. And that's what happens with anything popular in any genre whatsoever. It gets popular, people start imitating it, and now it is a genre, it's a category, it's a type of fiction. Yeah. And then you get the arguments, because if there's one thing that we in fandom really love to do, it's argue and complain and moan and divide each other on immensely minute details. There's, over on the Facebook page, if you missed it, there's an argument going back between between people on the merits of Star Trek Discovery that just kind of boggles my mind how, you know, I'm very neutral on the series. I kind of enjoy it. I like watching it. It's Star Trek, so I'm watching it. That's what got me to watch it in the first place. But yeah, there's a lot of nitpicking going on. And that's, in a way, what fandom is. I've gotten into a lot of trouble in the past by arguing over what makes a fan a fan. But, you know, I as much as I want to say that people that are just hating on things are not fans, as much as I want to say that the people that want to divide fandom up into smaller and smaller groups and divide and conquer are not real fans. Unfortunately, fandom has gotten to a point where, you know, that's just all no true Scotsmaning, <sighs> which is just frustrating. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the no true Scotsman fallacy is when you say, well, no true Scotsman would do that. So, you know, no true fan would do that. And I'm guilty in the past of having used that a lot. Not so much to try to excuse fandom of some people's bad behaviors, but trying to get a consensus in fandom that that's not how we act or should act. I was trying to develop an ethic in fandom, and yeah, surprisingly, I couldn't get people to actually come together and develop an ethics of fandom. So, yeah, they're there. And it becomes troublesome, especially for someone like me, who is a writer, to then figure out how to categorize their work. Because if 
you, well, let me say this a different way. You will always upset someone who thinks that either you don't live up entirely to the genre that you have chosen, or that you should have properly called yourself by a different subgenre from the one that you claim to be working in. Why? Like I said, we like to spin off new genres at the drop of a hat. It is insane at how fast a genre prolifer proliferation can't even say that word today. Proliferation happens. And that's something that has been kind of plaguing space opera for quite some time because I think it, it while it is important to have categories such as planetary romance and mili and galactic military, for example, or galactic empire fiction, because I have read books that really do live up to being galactic empire fiction that are not space opera and would have not performed well for fans of space opera. There was a, I can't remember the name of it. It was a book I read a couple years ago. I met the guy at a convention and got his book. And it was a great military sci-fi book. Very heavy on the military part. Not so much on the opera. Like, there was a lot of action. There was a lot of orders and stuff like that. But, like, that operatic drama. By the way, that click. That was my wrist. It's been doing that a lot lately. I don't know if that picked up on the mic or not. But I think I heard it echo in my headset. So, for me, going forward with the new series that you all have asked for, I'm going to be doing a space opera. It will, at the very least, be an adventure story, probably an action adventure story, because I like writing those. We will probably follow a cast of characters rather than just one, but we'll have to see again after the world building is done how that works out. I love space opera. It is one of my absolute favorite genres. And whether you're looking at something like... I would include Robotech on this, even though, yes, technically it's planetary invasion fiction. But, you know, especially in the Macross saga, they get sent out into space and have to deal with the Zentradi and the trip back to Earth and all that. And I, I, I'll give it leeway to actually fit into this category. Others probably wouldn't. And that's the fun of the whole thing. There's always been a little part of me that wishes genre would go away. I remember once having a conversation with uh, Keith DeCandido, which, if you don't know his work, you should definitely check out his work. Um, at a convention one time where we were talking about genre, we were discussing genre, and his advice to me was just don't. <laughs> and I agree. It's It's one of those things that... For storefront purposes, it is necessary. And also, I think for f some fandom, I think it does serve fandom purposes in and of itself. That I can talk to you about space opera for as long as that I have. Because if you are listening to this show, you probably have at least some interest 
in the genre because I talk a lot about Star Trek and Star Wars. In fact, I have a regular day of the week. I talk about both, you know, well, one on one day and one on the other. And the amount of excitement when I said that I was wanting to do some stuff on The Expanse, another show I would classify as space opera. So I, I can see why there was some excitement here. By the way, we're now in season two. I am trying to figure out episode ideas for The Expanse because so much happens. It's a very dense show. If you have suggestions, please send them in. I, I would love to get that. But as much as I don't like genre, I do think that it is important. And the space opera being what it is, I wish, I wish, I wish, I had the ability to write something like a Red Dwarf or a um, Galaxy Quest, both of which, if you've never seen, you definitely should check out. Especially Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf is one of the greatest chimeras of the space opera genre. It started off as a comedy, and a very funny, very funny comedy. And over the years, morphed into a dramatic series that was just breathtaking. And I'm not sure how they pulled that off. But maybe we should do some episodes on Red Dwarf at some point. But I guess one final thing that we've talked about on this podcast, just to continue to contrast here, this is not going to be probably anything like Doctor Who. Doctor Who is time travel fiction, not space opera. And though it does have a few an episode every now and then that could potentially fit into this genre, because it does like to play with genre in its episodes, it is in and of itself a very different beast. So... That is space opera. I thought about pulling out the Encyclopedia of Science Fiction and actually reading their definition as part of this episode, but I don't find it all that helpful in that it's more or less one idea of what the genre is and what it isn't. And that's, in some ways, what makes it so wonderfully beautiful and why I can't wait to work in it with you all as we develop this world. Because being able to contain everything from Firefly to Babylon 5 to Star Wars in one genre, just it shows the malleability that it can have as a term and the amount of things that you can do with it. And that's why I love it. It is both a useful and non-useful term at the same time. And you gotta love that. If you like this episode, and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or the podcast itself, please do so. That helps out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share me with more people. And, you know... The more people we have listening, the more voices can join the community, and the better the podcast can be. If you got a buck you can throw my way, down in the show notes, you'll see a link that says Anchor Community Support. If you click that, you can give at 
the $1, $5, or $10 a month levels. That money helps me do everything from buy the new microphone that I'm talking to you on, to getting the software by which I'm doing a lot of things that I'm doing, and eventually it will help me buy a new laptop when the time comes. And eventually, who knows, maybe it'll help me even pay my rent and pay the bills. That would be awesome, but to whisper of a dream. If you don't have the money, and you can still join the project. It's really easy. Share this podcast with people that you think will enjoy it. That helps out immensely as well. If you want to keep up with everything I'm doing, you can follow me on Twitter. You can join the Facebook group. I'm C.E. Dorson on Twitter. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Project Shadow. No spaces, no dashes, no nothing. Just Project Shadow. Uh, I think that's about it. There's so much going on right now. And like I said before at the very beginning of the episode, if you've been having a hard time downloading the podcast, please let me know. Because we're trying to figure out what's going on with everything. And, you know, I'm not an engineer and I don't get to see the raw data. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, like I said, when I saw that, uh, I forgot who it was. I think it was Pod. Was it Dogcatcher? One, one of the podcasting apps was almost a month behind on episodes. And I don't understand why that's happening. But I, I am assured that it is being worked on. So please be patient and you know let me know what's going on. Or better still, maybe contact Anchor yourself and tell them the problem that you're having. Because they're, after all, the distributor of the podcast at Anchor.fm. But definitely tell me so I can tell them and we can get everything smoothed out. Until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.